The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance is proud to support the sixth Box to Row countdown to kickoff, and we're excited to welcome head coaches from area colleges and universities to the capital city. We look forward to another fantastic season of HBCU football filled with great games, rivalries, pageantry, and unforgettable fall Saturdays. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance works with local partners to grow the sporting event industry in our area. The GRSA has an extensive track record of securing and hosting successful tournaments and championships, resulting in significant economic impact for the region and an enhanced quality of life for our residents. In 2022, Raleigh was named Sports Travel Best Host City. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RaleighNC Sports. Best of luck to all area HBCU football programs this season. On December 27th, 1892, Livingstone and Biddle College, now known as Johnson C. Smith University, played in Salisbury, North Carolina, with Biddle winning 5-0. Over time, HBCU football has evolved. HBCU football's popularity continues to rise. Millions attend games each year and millions more watch on television. The HBCU bands provide some of the top entertainment in the country. Over that time, some of the best players to ever play in the National Football League played at HBCUs. Every Monday through Friday on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, national radio and television host Donald Ware takes a look at what's happening in HBCU football and talks with coaches, players, administrators, and media about the season. Make sure you join the conversation on social media now. Here's your host, Donald Ware. This is the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Thursday, July 27th. I'm Donald Ware. I want to talk about the SWAC Media Day, which took place on Tuesday in Birmingham. And I'm going to tell you what, it was a great time uh, to see a lot of uh, my colleagues. I hadn't been to the SWAC Media Day since 2019. Guys like Roy Evans of BCSN, uh, Dr. Cavill. Right, Santoria Black, the play-by-play voice for Grambling. Charles Edmond, the play-by-play voice for Alcorn State. Uh, Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media. And CJ as well, they both host the HBCU Huddle podcast. Part of, they, they, of course, uh, handle, uh, meaning Mike specifically, is the director of the Memphis Grizzlies website, which is grindcitymedia.com. And as part of that, they have an HBCU piece And their podcast is the HBCU Huddle. So it was great to see them, many, many more, to interact uh, with colleagues, to interact uh, with some of the coaches. Um, As a matter of fact, I had yet to meet in person Coach McDowell, the head football coach at Florida A&M, had a chance uh, to meet him on Thursday. So it was just a a great time in camaraderie. And, you know, I was able to interview a couple of coaches, but I wanted to kind of get a feel for the environment of what's going on with the respective schools. So talking with some of the players, talking with some of the coaches, not even interviewing them. Like, for instance, Willie Simmons, just conversating with with him um, a little bit, with Bubba McDowell, the head coach um, of Prairie View A&M, not necessarily interview style, but just talking with him about the program so I could be better educated um, in terms of what to expect from various programs. I did have a chance to catch up with Alcorn State head football coach Fred McNair. You're going to hear, uh, hear 
uh, that interview uh, as a replay on the weekend edition of Box to Row, which can be heard on a radio station near you, as well as on uh, Sirius XM channel 142, the HBCU channel, Saturdays, 9 a.m., that's Eastern, that's 6 a.m. Pacific time. Mark that down. And then also on College Sports on Sirius XM, that's channel 84, Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central time, and 3 p.m. Pacific time. So one of the things that I really wanted to uh, gather is the takeaway uh, from uh, the Florida A&M football activities were suspended on Friday by head football coach Willie Simmons because there was a uh, rap uh, artist, Boston Ritchie, uh, who filmed a video in the Florida A&M locker room. Uh, And I haven't seen the video yet, uh, but there and I, I, I may, I may or may not watch the video, but just for some background in terms of what I've read, um, a couple of players and some Florida A and M paraphernalia in the video, which should not have been there. Now, uh, Tiffany Dawn Sykes, who is uh, the new athletics director at Florida A and M, known Tiffany many, many years, she's going to do a tremendous job there uh, in Tallahassee. Said that though the ban had been lifted, but the investigation is still ongoing. So. Um, activities for Florida A&M football uh, are on are going on. They have not been suspended, but the investigation is still going on. So it's it's it, it, it's interesting um, because my initial thought was, well, did the players? Because I, I think what is not known is who authorized Boston the, the rap Boston Ritchie to come in and film this. How did that happen? Didn't go through athletics. Didn't go through the university, but who authorized this? So, um, I mean, my initial thought were maybe some of the players allowed for him to come in and do this. Um, I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but obviously Willie Simmons was, uh, I mean, he was very upset about this, uh, and not, not upset, but I mean, he was, he, he was probably mad about this. I mean, let's be, let's be honest about it. Um, he came out with a statement on Twitter, on Friday saying that football activities were suspended. Now, I'm not sure if he communicated that with uh, athletic administration, meaning the AD, with university administration, or if he just suspended um, uh, those activities and then they were reinstated by athletics director, by university, etc. I'm not 100% sure. Still a lot of questions that still need to be answered. But the bottom line is that... Um, the activities have 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 been reinstated, and um, so listen. I, you know, for me, you know, having known Coach Simmons for um, a little while, and this is the second year in a row that we've had a situation with Florida A and M prior to the season. Last year, it was because you know you had, a, you had some players that were not certified that didn't get to play. One of those players, most notably Isaiah Land, um, maybe cost him an opportunity to play against UNC to really show what he could do at the FBS level. He didn't get drafted. I believe he did sign a free agent deal. Um, But now you have this situation. So a couple of um, self-inflicted wounds uh, by the Rattlers prior to the season, and more so this season than last, Florida A&M has the target on its back because Florida A&M has been picked to, to win the East over Jackson State, who's the two-time defending Eastern Division champs. Um, so I'm sure Coach Simmons probably trying to make a statement to his program, uh, to his players. we got to get serious about this thing. 
Uh, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it was well taken, but again, a, an investigation still going on. So that's that part of it. That was one of the things I really wanted to see is to get more information in terms of that um, from SWAC Media Day. And I think there's still, I think there's still questions to be answered. But for right now, it's sort of uh, water under the bridge as the Rattlers uh, are set here to begin um, summer workouts and to prepare uh, for the fall. And of course, another big game uh, for Florida A&M um, against Jackson State and that Orange Blossom Classic has been a big time event. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, the dynamics of the change, maybe of the swag, how things are different because Deion Sanders, who had been the coach for the last three seasons at Jackson State, um, is not there. Um, again, I was not at media day in 2021 or last year, but in terms of the number of media that were there, I'm not sure how many that were there the previous two years, but this year, a lot of media, um, a whole lot of media. To the point I was talking with, you know, I was talking with Mike Wallace. He said, you know, this may be something they would consider making a two-day event because if you want to interview everybody, right? So you've got all 12 coaches and then the coaches have um, a couple of players that they brought along. And then there's Dr. McClelland, who is the commissioner of the SWAC. I'm um, doing a, phenom- uh, done a phenomenal job. And by the way, it's going to be, uh, of course, the chair of the Division I men's basketball turn- uh, committee, right? So, so he's up. Um, for that. So that's really big, but you have an opportunity to interview him as well. So it may be an opportunity for two days of this, but because there are enough media and um, just, just a great event. I think the SWAC does a phenomenal job, just a phenomenal event. So, you know, you had the preseason predictions, Florida A&M, as I mentioned, picked to win the East followed by Jackson state, um, Alabama state, Alabama A&M, Mississippi Valley state, and then, Bethune Cookman picked to finish um, sixth out of six teams in the Eastern Division. Now, with Jackson State, I definitely can understand because this may be Florida A&M's year. I mean, they've got, you know, they've got plenty of players coming back. Uh, you're, you, you know, when you're talking about the quarterback Jeremy Musa, who is the preseason Player of the Year. I mean, he's really. I mean, he had a really solid, or he had a good season. But again, he's had. An offseason to really understand and learn um, Willie Simmons' offense. And so now, I mean, I think he's got a better grasp of the offense. So as solid as a season as he had last year, this should be an even better season um, for him. You look at, you know, and they got weapons, guys that come back. The wide, A lot of the wide receivers, that offensive line is going to be tight. The Rack Boys, is, um, as, uh, as Coach Simmons likes to call them, run after catch boys, if you will. Um, they catch the ball and run. And yeah, no Xavier Smith, but you've got plenty of guys, wide receivers that are coming back in a solid offensive line. Then you look at defensively, linebacker Isaiah Major. Kendall Bowler, really good uh, defensive back, is back as well. So um, this should be, uh, this they should be the team to beat. I'm not, however, sleeping on Jackson State. Um, I would definitely say Florida A&M is the team to beat. I definitely would say uh, Florida A&M is going to make it to the SWAC championship game. Um, but uh, I'm not sleeping on Jackson State with Coach Taylor now being there, um, an alum. And the, the cupboard is not totally bare. Now, that said, there are 70 new players to the program. That's a lot of new players to the program. But you still got some have some pieces 
that are coming back, so I'm not sleeping um, on Jackson State at all. Uh, on the western side, you got Southern at number one, followed by Alcorn State, number two, bounce back year uh, for Fred McNair and the Braves, perhaps. Texas Southern, a lot of people like Texas Southern this year at number three. And in, 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 uh, in the next couple of days, we'll talk about the coaches' uh, poll. We'll talk about the media polls as well that have been released. But a lot of people really like Texas Southern. They've got a high-powered high offense. Coach McKinney does. If he can get that defense straight, Texas Southern definitely could make some noise. Followed by Grambling State at number four, uh, Prairie View A&M at number five, and Arkansas Pine Bluff at number six. I really like Southern coming out. Of the, I like this pick. Now, Alcorn State's going to be really, 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 really good. Bit of a bounce-back season. Didn't really have the quarterback play that Alcorn State needed last year. Jarvie and Howard could have easily, but I think for me, all respect to Jeremy Musa. For me, my preseason player of the year would have been uh, Jarvie and Howard, the running back um, from Alcorn State. Did it all last year. Um, I forget how many yards he rushed for, but he was really, 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 really good. He car really carried... Um, that Old Corn State offense, and if they had any semblance of an offense, the tables may have been different for Old Corn State in 2022. But I like Southern. I really, um, I, I like what Southern did um, on last year, and I like what Southern has coming back uh, this year as well. So that's definitely why uh, I'm going uh, with the Jaguars. I mean, I think Eric Dooley's an excellent coach. He did an excellent job getting Southern to that uh, to that SWAT championship game uh, on last year. And I think Southern's going to be back on this year. Listen, I'm going to give you a dark horse. Can I give you a dark horse for who's going to win? I think Southern, I'm going to say Southern, like Florida A&M, I think from a talent perspective. I mean, I like Alcorn State's talent too. I just like where Southern is with the program. Um, you know, but I think that I, I'm going to go with a dark horse and 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 uh, predict Southern as the SWAC champions when it's all said and done. Um, you know, looking at this uh, first team all SWAC, you've got Jeremy Musa at the quarterback, Jarvie and Howard, Donovan Eglin as your running backs, the kid from Alabama a and had a really, really good season last year. Your offensive lineman, Jalen Goss from Florida A&M, Jonathan Williams of Alabama A&M, Will Reddy of, of Alcorn State, uh, Cameron Colvin of Florida A&M, T.J. Yarborough of Alcorn State rounds out the offensive linemen. Your wide receivers, uh, Jamari Sharid of Florida A&M. And again, they've just got so many weapons, does Florida A&M uh, as well. Uh, and the other wide receiver, Derek Morton of Texas Southern. Watch out, that guy can really, really play. Um, is your other wide receiver, your tight end is D.J. Stevens from Jackson State. Uh, continuing with the all-swap uh, now first team Defensive selections, your linemen, uh, Malachi Bailey of Alcorn State, Taj Brown of Southern, Zarian Hayes of Alabama A&M, and Sundiati Anderson of Grambling. Now, he's been picked to be the defensive player of the year, and uh, Anderson is really, really, really good. Your linebackers, Colton Adams of Alabama State was, um, was first team uh, HBCU All-America last year. Um, Lewis Matthews of Grambling, and I mentioned Isaiah Major of Florida A&M. Your defensive backs, Omari Hill-Robinson of Bethune-Cookman. He's a ball hawk. He had like four, inter four or five interceptions uh, last year for the Wildcats. I'm going to be interested to see what the Wildcats do and how the Wildcats 
are able to bounce back as well. Javon Morgan of Florida A&M, Jordan Carter of Southern, and Kendall Bowler, as I mentioned, uh, round out the uh, defensive backs, first team preseason all swack selections. Your kicker, Joshua Griffin from Southern, your punter, Jimmy Isles from Grambling State, your return specialist, Darnell Dees from Bethune-Cookman, had two touchdown returns, uh, kickoff returns for touchdowns. And then your long snapper is Jason Longcore from Alabama State. Um, you know, I just, I feel like it. And when I look at Bethune-Cookman, right, um, in, in sort of the fiasco with, with Bethune-Cookman, uh, during the offseason with the whole Ed Reed deal. And then, you know, they, he, he, he was supposed to have been hired as the coach. And then he wasn't exactly hired. And it was a press release put out to say, well, the contract. And then it was just a whole mess uh, that he created, by the way. And I thought it was a good move for Bethune-Cookman to actually cut bait. You bring in Raymond Woody Jr., who is an alum, who's who's been a, uh, to a couple of places as an assistant coach. He's... Uh, you know, he's got a familiar, obviously he was, he's an alum, played there. I mean, he's got a vested interest in the program. And so, you know, I'm interested to see how things are going to work out um, at Bethune-Cookman uh, also in 2023. Those are my thoughts from SWAC Media Day, what to expect uh, from the SWAC moving forward. We're going to talk plenty of SWAC football um, as the season uh, rolls on, as, as camps open, as a matter of fact, right here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Um, on tomorrow, we'll talk MEAC. Had a chance to be at the MEAC Media Day last Friday. Uh, so on Friday's edition of um, the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, going to talk about the MEAC Media Day and being in MEAC, uh, in Norfolk uh, last Friday. Again, tell a couple of friends about the, the HBCU Football Daily Podcast where you can find us uh, on our YouTube page, the Box to Row channel, the Box to Row channel, uh, also uh, at uh, iHeartMedia.com as well as Box to Row.com, um, discussing some MEAC on tomorrow's edition of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Talk with you then.